the most successful people on the BRW rich list, they're not property investors. They're property developers. They don't leave properties alone. They're not just going to advise and saying, what should I buy for positive cash flow? They're manufacturing properties. They're actually building into it. So but even if you just build one house, that's property development. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and this is Property Investory where starting this year, I'm going to be sharing the story of how I got into property development. You're going to hear all the ups and downs I'm encountering along the way, a so-called podcast documentary of my journey as it all unfolds in multiple episodes. You're going to hear how the $28 million developer inspired me to get into development, how a loan shark stole $10,000 from one of our developments in under a week and much, much more. It all started around 2003 when I had just finished university, dissatisfied and confused as to where I was headed in life. I'd gone into computer thinking it was all about how computers were put together, how they worked and functioned. I was disappointed and although I did end up finishing the degree, I still felt like a failure because of the grades I received. One day when visiting my auntie's house and after explaining how I failed my first year of university, she gave me a copy of Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki and that was when everything changed. I read the book from cover to cover. I came across that book as I was like reading and I found, oh, that changed my mindset about saving and you know, you don't have to be a genius to build up, you know, slowly build up your wealth and that sort of thing. You just have to save more and invest. Reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, I thought to myself for the first time that I really want to get stuck working for the rest of my life, 40, 50 years and then just retire and that would be it. That's where it all started. That's when I realized I wanted financial freedom and more importantly, to gain that financial freedom, I wanted to get into property but I'm getting ahead of myself here. Most of you already know me from listening to this podcast or have found me through other podcasts. That's exactly what we're talking about today with Tyrone Chum and this dude is running a massive podcast over in Australia. He is one of the top um, iTunes or I guess our Apple podcast podcast now in the real estate space. Mm-hmm. It's called Property Investory and um, this thing gets what's one point I think it's 1.3 million downloads now since mm-hmm. 2017, which is, uh, that's quite the feat. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you got that many people listening to you, you're doing something right. You know how to grow and you probably know how to monetize the show pretty well at that yeah. point. Yeah. I think he's got the, I think you, you said this, but he's got the number one real estate podcast in Australia, 1.2 million downloads, 300, I think he said reviews. Currently, I work in the government sector where I help manage IT projects and my side hustle is property. This is a story of how I got into property, more specifically property development, all the ups and downs I'm encountering along the way. Now, I can tell you it hasn't been easy. In fact, at times, it's been downright hard. At the moment, just been focusing on, on one area as we've been discussing, 
um, been looking at the deal, spoke with the architect yesterday and just working on the de- details behind it. Um, yep. Yeah, it's just not, not exactly how I planned that exactly one out. Basically, yeah, things are just humming along and just focusing on that one particular area that I'm talking about. Yep. And then hopefully yep. from there, I think what I'll be doing is just uh, continue to look for more deals because at the end of the day, it's just those deals that will stack up, they'll go for because at the moment, this particular deal doesn't sort of um, stack up to what it needs to do. And, uh, and it's also, you know, I'm just delighted to hear that you're focusing on one area. Plus, I had to overcome my blockages that kept holding me back that we're not going to be losing money. That's that's how we overcome that. Cause she's that's wor- the fear. Yeah, that's the fear. She's worried about that we'll lose money. And so, it- if you overcame and did a couple of deals that had a good return using other people's money or using part of yours on other people's money, yep. and she could see but you've got a good savvy head on your shoulders with property, which I know you have. Okay. And, and that's been the biggest issue is that in the past, I haven't succeeded always in business. And she keeps going back to saying, you know, you've lost money. And I'm like, yes, I know. I'm trying my best. Absolutely. So, and we've all lost money. Yep. But she she hones in on the lost money. If you did, um, you know, seven straight deals that made profit, she'd still hone in on that one that lost money. I guess it's true what they say, nothing worth having comes easy. So buckle up because it's going to be a wild ride. It was mid-2003, I was fresh out of university and I decided to purchase my first property. I'd saved up $35,000 and I poured the whole amount into this first investment, a mixed commercial and residential property in a small little town in central New South Wales. For those of you who might not know, commercial properties are those that are usually rented out to businesses whether it be an office space, a warehouse, retail outlets or industrial shops. Helen Tarrant points out that The problem is that the commercial property industry is a bit of a secret industry. (laughs) It's like if you don't ask, you don't get and if you don't own commercial property, people are not going to talk about it. While the opposite of commercial properties are residential properties, these are rented out to normal everyday Australians who need a place to live. So, this particular property I purchased was commercial on the bottom and residential on the top and it generated for me around an extra $100 per week which was a decent amount of cash flow for someone just starting out. Cash flow is the difference between the income that comes in minus the expenses and I learned that from Steve McKnight, a very successful property investor to purchase property cash flow properties. I was part of his coaching program and learned how to purchase properties that generated an income once rented out. His story was so inspiring on how he purchased over 130 positive cash flow properties with his business partner. In May 1999, Dave and I got in the car and we drove up to Ballarat and we bought our first positively geared investment property. And then we soon after sat down and said, all right, we've bought one. How many of these would we have to buy to not have to work in accounting anymore? And it was 150 or I can't remember the number, but it was a large number of houses. And we said, all right, let's do it. One by one by one, Dave and I used the money in the accounting practice. He would continue to work in the accounting practice in the early days and I would use the money to invest in real estate. And then as time went on, uh, Dave uh, gradually phased out the accounting practice so that we both ended up being full-time real estate investors. That's the journey. That was back then when properties were around $40,000 each and they were renting out for about $100 per week. Like I said, it was my first property and I was excited. 
I was for the first time getting passive income, money that for once didn't come from clocking in hours at a job. Granted, it wasn't a lot and certainly not enough for me to quit the rat race, so to speak, but it was very exciting nonetheless. Little did I know, I'd already made a huge mistake. The following is an interview I did recently about my property journey and in it, I explained exactly why buying a property with positive cash flow was far, far from the best thing to do at the time. I didn't actually realize that capital growth was, a, was probably going to help um, lead to a better, greater outcome compared to say buying positive cash flow and I, I kind of wish I learned that lesson much, much earlier like 15 years ago and, and bought more property in, in Sydney because I only discovered after say about five years of holding on to property in Sydney that wow, you know, I, I didn't have to do any work and, and just holding on to that property increased by $200,000 in, in, in the boom time. And I, if I had 10 of those properties, gosh, I wouldn't have to be working now. So basically instead of buying a property in a small regional town, I should have focused on the capital cities where capital growth, which is when properties increase in value over time, is how investors create unlimited wealth. As I said in my interview, if I had just done that and built up a portfolio that way during that boom period, I would have achieved the financial freedom I've dreamed of. Unfortunately, in life, you can't turn back time. The only thing to do is move forward and that's exactly what I did. Only many years after that, my moving forward looked more like working in real estate, running businesses, meeting my wife, starting a family and the promise of financial freedom fell more and more by the wayside until one day, again, everything changed. Coming up after the break, you'll hear more stories about the other investors that inspired me to take action. As you do more due diligence and as you put in more processes in place, you're basically just putting in safe mechanisms to safeguard your property investment. While having a full-time job, family, events to attend to can be challenging, I've seen it's still possible to invest. She goes, um, I'm on the gym at Fitness First as well. She goes, I'm pregnant. <laughs> And, and I almost fell off the treadmill. I'm like, hang on, we, we're going, the finances due today. How this one ultra successful property developer gave me the inside story on how he got started. I was sitting there, I wasn't I wasn't shitting myself. I was just sitting there, you know, opposite the table thinking I'm the friggin' golden boy and I've just made a million bucks. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to my story on Property Invest Story. In the winter of 2014, I heard from Michael Shah who had actually got into property and started buying investment properties in a very short space of time. The person that got me started and it was actually through his story that I became very fascinated in investing and I'm sure many of your um, um, listeners will know of him is actually Nathan Birch. So mm-hmm. Nathan Birch um, runs Being Invested. He has a really, really good YouTube channel. And I still remember sitting down one weekend discovering that YouTube channel and literally watched all 100 videos and I was blown away. I'm like, how is this even humanly possible? So to put it into perspective, I was 28 at the time and he was 27 and he has 75 properties. And I'm like, that is not possible. So then I tried to do everything I could to learn in terms of how that was possible. Michael Shah had accumulated around 14 properties in the mere span of two years after watching those videos. 
been featured in numerous magazines with his story shared everywhere and I was flabbergasted. Like that moment when I poured over the pages of Rich Dad Poor Dad, my interest in property sparked again, returning in full force. My thinking was, if he could do it, then I could too and it wasn't long before I was in contact with him and we arranged a meetup. Here's a question I asked him that completely changed my perspective. Was there anything holding you back from investing in property initially? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, it's actually even hard to start because everything was limiting me in the beginning. Um, I would say that, you know, some of the ones that spring to mind was buying interstate. Um, I still remember going to property meetups, speaking to people that had properties that were in Queensland in other states. And I was like, how the hell can you buy in another state, manage your property, you can't even see it. I was in awe of those people that have properties in another state. So, I mean, that was one of them just kind of thinking off the top of my mind. And then there'll be other ones that, you know, you will have these concerns. What if the property price falls? What if the interest rates go up? A lot of these were things I had to grapple with as I went down the property investment journey. How did you overcome them? And I would say, you know, the best way is through knowledge comes clarity. As you gain knowledge over time, then those questions become a little bit clearer. So if you just dived in and did it off the bat, then yes, it can be very, very risky. And property is very risky. Not everyone makes money from property investing. A lot of people lose money from property investing. In fact, most of the people I buy my properties from have lost money because I'm buying them cheaper than they are. But I kind of like the analogy that I've put is like, let's say, for instance, um, you've got a safe and the money is in that safe. To protect that safe, you might put a lot of locks on that safe and then you put, you know, kind of an eye sensor before you can get to the safe and so on and so forth. So what I'm thinking of is like an Ocean's Eleven trying to break into that safe. (laughs) That's kind of the picture that I have in mind. And as you do more due diligence and as you put in more processes in place, you're basically just putting in safe mechanisms to safeguard your property investment. What I learned from him was groundbreaking in terms of changing my view on investing in property. And it was this, property investing is just a process, a formula one can follow. It isn't rocket science. Instead, the principles of property investing just take a lot of time and effort to execute and bring about real results. And time is something we're all short of in this busy pace of the modern world. You've got a full-time job, you've got things happening in the background, family, events to tend to and unfortunately, life just gets in the way. What's challenging when it comes to property investing is to squeeze time out of that busy day filled with all those things to focus on property investing. As someone with four kids before 30 and developing property concurrently, Matthew Sakara shared the real life challenges. It was actually a funny story is Jolene and I were both working in the city and we used to meet up for lunch and go to the gym. And um, we, she was on the tread, we were both on the treadmill and this was on finance due date. Actually, I, I, put, I put Avon and Hills on a finance clause date. And um, so 414 days finance. And it was on that end of that finance day, um, we're on the treadmill together. And then Jolene, we had two kids. And then Jolene turned around to me and she goes, um, I'm on the gym at Fitness First as well. And she goes, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and, and, and I almost fell off the treadmill. I'm like, hang on, we, we're going. The finances due today. Like, what should we say? Should we say we're going ahead or not? And she goes, "Oh well, if you think it's a good property and a good opportunity, then go ahead with it." And uh, 
And it's like, oh, there's, you know, all this, this, you know, third child doing a subdivision, all of this, and uh, we ended up proceeding with it. And uh, that, that was, that was a, definitely a, a learning curve. Even with another child on the way for the Sicarius, that still couldn't slow them down. With three kids, the time off um, for Jolene, um, also because she was working, you know, going maternity leave, having a mortgage, um, because you know, obviously we, we used 100% of borrowing for, for that property, which was at 400, um, and just relying on my income. And it was at a time when I also was making a transition from IT into finance, where I got offered a job with NAB. Um, so it, it, all this was happening at the same time. So. We we don't we don't move um, slowly. The the thing is, Jolene and I are always fast paced, and it's always been the case since since day dot. And hence, obviously, we you know we we had four kids before the age of uh, I was thirty as well. So you know we 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 did a lot in that ten year period. After learning this, my next step was to educate myself on property investing because even though I had invested that first property and been part of a great coaching and mentoring program. I still didn't fully understand how property worked. That's where the podcast came in. In 2017, almost a year after dreaming about it, I began Property Invest Story, a podcast that delves not only into the nuts and bolts of successful property investors, the property strategies, but also their background story, their upbringing, their life. My thought process was and still is that I could not only share these amazing stories with the rest of the world, but I could also a little selfishly learned from them to truly kickstart my property journey. And what better way to learn about property from those who have done it and been extremely successful at it. Such as John L. Fitzgerald, best-selling author, respected Australian property investment expert with over 30 years experience, where he has personally bought, sold and developed over 10,000 properties in residential and commercial properties. Here's one of his stories. I rezoned it for 1,200 blocks and then... Um Six months later, I took them a contract for $5.8 million for that property. And this is this is 30 years ago, still a lot of money. I took, so yeah, and I sat there and there, there were three old Jewish guys, Morvan, uh, Dr. Morvan Dan, Tibor Balog and Michael Hershon. And I'm sitting there and I was, I, I was sitting there. I wasn't, I wasn't shitting myself. I was just sitting there, you know, opposite the table thinking I'm the friggin' golden boy and I've just made a million bucks because the deal I did was in, they get half the profit plus 20% interest on their money, which which at, at the time wasn't a lot, you know, because they uh, they'd um, you know they hadn't put in the, the whole three million dollars we borrowed money from the bank. So the 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 net to me was I would get a million bucks. And this is this is a, this is an amazing story because life changing. And I'm sitting there with these three old guys, and uh, I said. Guys, um, it's been fantastic doing business with you. Here's the contract for $5.8 million. You sign it and we're, 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 we're done. You know, and we, we'll celebrate and then we'll be each go our own way. And they looked at me and they, they looked at me and said, what are you talking about? And I said, what do you mean? What am I talking about? I said, we did a deal where you loan me $3 million. I buy this, we sell it. And then we we where we're going. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. They said, "You're our boy now. You 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 you're you're with us. So we, you know we you you you're you've got to do all deals with us." And I said, "What what what? Yeah, that's how it works. You know, if you have success with someone, you keep going." I said, "I said, well, look, 
guys, I, I'm telling you now, I was 23 or something. I said, guys, I've made a million bucks out of this. And, you know, I, I want the million bucks. And they said, well, no, look, let's develop the property. You know, 1,200 blocks in Brisbane, let's develop the, the, the property. And I said, no, no, I, I, I want the million bucks. And they said, what do, you want a, what do you want a million dollars for? I said, oh, you know, I just threw them. I, I want to buy a new house. And they said, how much is a new house? I said, uh, you know, 400000 So they got the checkbook out and wrote me a check for $400,000 and said, here's the, here's the 400000 Go and buy yourself a new house, tear up the contract, and let's get to work. Starting the podcast, Property Investory launched me on a new part of my developmental journey, one with many twists and turns. Tune in to the next part of my journey where I meet Jason John Byron, property developer extraordinaire. I love what you're doing and I think your branding's right and I think you're heading in a beautiful direction there and you're the one to do it. I mean, there's no one else. Yeah, I applaud you for that. That's really good. What happened when I reached my lowest point? What are you doing to yourself? If I was, if you were my normal client, I'd hear that you are beating yourself up. And this is something, if you look down at your toes now, how many toes have you got in each foot? Could Do you get the gun out regularly and shoot another toe off? Or do we, could you wear thongs? Discover what property development is truly all about. Over the last four years, yes, over the last four years, we've produced six multi-developments. Now, produce means we started, we found the site, we funded the site, we built the site, we finished the site, we sold the site, we profited. So this is the whole ball and chain, right? All that in the next episode. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory.